0: Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Welcome to our third program of 2017. The holidays are now in the rearview mirror and you're back to your normal routine. and Early in the new year, this may be an ideal time to pause for reflection. When you have a few moments free, ask yourself, Am I happy, successful, and understood in my career, in my most important relationships, when I volunteer to help a church or in my community, as I go about my day-to-day tasks like managing finances and taking care of my health? And if you answer yes to all four of these aspects of your life, congratulations. At middle age, you truly are blessed. But if, you answer, uh, if the answer is no to one or more of the dimensions of your life today, we're here to help. And let's concentrate first on career. It's hard to believe, but surveys indicate that some 60 to 80 percent of Americans, depending on which survey you believe, don't like their present job. And does that include you? Is this the year when you find a new job or radically alter your present one to make it more to your liking? Imagine a workday that allows you to pursue your interests and passions, things you really like to do, using your very own unique strengths. And also one that causes minimal stress because your on-the-job emotional needs are met. So you know you're not fully satisfied with your present position, but do you have a clear vision of an ideal position, of relationships and lifestyle for you? And you know, the first step is to perform an inventory of you And the goal of today's program is to help equip each of us with a specialized, easy-to-understand knowledge about ourselves that we need to be happy, successful, and understood. And to help, we have with us the ideal guest, Sarah Brown, Ph.D., and regular listeners may recall that Sarah was a guest on a prior program last July. But to refresh your memory, Sarah Brown, Ph.D., is leading the charge to revolutionize the self-help industry through the power of personalization. I love that term. And she has created a highly unique method of using a world-renowned personality assessment to create a quick but insightful insightful personalized book of you. And prior to that, uh, she had a uh, 30-year, highly successful career in corporate America, most recently as managing director at Accenture. And she's currently CEO of her own firm, Know Thyself, LLC. And since her last visit, she's published a new book, Let Your Personality Be Your Career Guide. And hello, Dr. Sarah Brown. Welcome back to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, and Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you, too, Roy. It's great to be back with you. And wow, what an introduction that was.
0: <laughs> well, you deserve it, obviously. It was just about you. But uh, in your long career in large corporations, you observed many employees that, uh, who were unhappy and unfulfilled in their jobs. And a few were able to escape their on-the-job misery, as you point out. And uh, what was the primary factor that distinguished those who escaped the happiness from those who did not?
1: Well, that was a very interesting observation that I made while I was still at Accenture. And what I noted was is that so many people who got coaches were able to make a big transition in either what they were doing in terms of how they restructured their current job or the small changes they made in their current job, or even making a change to another job. And that fascinated me. And I started I, uh, just observing that with my clients that were at Accenture. That fascinated me. And then I started asking around and seeing who else was getting coaches. And I was astonished at how many people were getting coaches that I had no idea. Even my brother. And you have to get the fact that my brother was a construction engineer. Oh. Even he had gotten a coach. Oh. And, and I went, huh? I mean, I was just wowed by this. And he told me. That the coach that he had worked with had really worked with him to get clear about what were really important interests in his in his particular life and yeah. had gotten him to make a really small change in his job that freed him up to spend time with his dogs outside <laughs> and that one change had made such a big impact on his happiness at work that it was astronomical I and that got it. me to thinking that got I me to I thinking did. how go ahead.
0: I know. I was just going to say, I guess they, 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 it's true that uh, if you don't have friends or if you're unhappy, get a dog.
1: <laughs> well, well, that's part of it. Or get a coach who can help you to figure out some and of a these dog. things. <laughs> and the dog, maybe. Um, but that got me to really thinking about what these coaches were doing and what's yeah. the power of those coaches. Yeah. And, and particularly, how could we make coaching available to the vast majority of people who may not be able to afford to get a coach? Yeah, and that's that was what my question me. is.
0: That where where mm-hmm. would you look for a coach if you wanted one? And, and uh, they must be awfully expensive, aren't they? But, uh,
1: well, some of them are, and that puts the whole process out of reach for a whole host of people. But it's yeah. what launched me into looking at the work that I'm doing now and how could we make that process available to everybody and so what I discovered that was the essence of almost every coaching process that that I saw was that the coaches were doing two things is they were discovering what was unique about the individual yeah. and then they were supporting the individual in making small or big changes to take maximum advantage of what that uniqueness is oh, that's great. And, and that's what my work is all about is how can we get people more in touch with what makes them unique and support them in the process of actually putting that into action too, to to well, do something that will make them happier.
0: Let's say I've decided to forego hiring a coach because I really uh, can't afford one and I want to proceed on my own. Uh, I'm not very good. I think most people aren't very good at assessing their own strengths or, or personality. Certainly, uh, Uh, You know, they tend to be prejudiced about themselves. Maybe some people actually undersell themselves. Where can you go to, uh, short of, uh, well, we'll talk about your book later, but where would you go to uh, accurately inventory your own personality, strengths, and desires? I doubt many people can do this
1: solely on their own. Well, you're right about that. And to simplify the matter, and to get started, I like to talk about three components of personality that are critical. The first is interest. And yeah. most people are, are pretty good or can be pretty good at discovering what that is for themselves. Yeah. Interests are the things that we love to do. And you can get pretty close to what that's all about by just sitting down and journaling about when you were the happiest. Or ask yeah. your parents if they're still alive. When I was a kid, what was I doing when I was the happiest?
0: Yeah, that's Um, a good point.
1: So that component of personality, people are pretty good at at getting. The strength component of personality, you're absolutely right. I have found that most people don't have a clue what they're good at. And the best source of information is to ask somebody else who knows you or who's worked with you in a given situation. So if you take a job, for example, ask your coworkers or ask your boss, when I was at my best, what strengths did you observe that I was using? And write that down. That's the best way to get started. Even in my customized books where I um, allow people to get uh, started with a personality assessment, I tell them to take the strengths and go test it with somebody else because I do find that that's the best source.
0: Well, you'd have to have pretty thick skin to do that. You say, "I think I'm a great uh, public speaker." <laughs> your friend, well, your coworker says well, you suck at that.
1: <laughs> well, or, I'm, that's I'm not, a that's a not. you're bringing yeah. up you're bringing up a point that is a good way to go about it. It's best not to tell people what you think your strengths are.
0: Oh, I. It's see. best
1: to ask them what they think they are. And oh, not lead them, not lead them in a one direction or another. And just take notes. Yeah. And um, because if you think you've got a strength and they don't bring it up, maybe it's not a strength. But you don't that's have to good, debate it at that point.
0: That's a good point. <laughs> well, uh, so. so you, no, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: There was a third part of uh, that personality that I was going to highlight, which um, is the point uh, or the component of personality that tends to generate the most stress for us. So we all have what are called motivational needs. Those are things that we expect in our environment or we expect from other people. Yeah. And if they're not there, we tend to go into stress. Oh, I this, see. Is one of, this is one of those examples where it is often hard to determine what those things are for us And if we ask others, it's often hidden from them. And sometimes the best way to get at that um, is via a really good personality assessment. But you can get close by taking stressful situations and asking why five times. So if you're in a meeting, for example, and things are going really, really poorly and you're feeling your blood pressure just rise, then ask, why am I feeling so tense? And then huh. with the answer to that go, why am I why is that causing me to feel tested? Just keep asking why, 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 yeah. why, 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 why? That, and see great. if you can get at what the underlying need is.
0: I, I take it you do that to yourself without speaking out loud during the meeting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Although typically I don't do to... that <laughs> Typically I don't do that in a meeting. I will do no. that after the meeting.
0: If you really had courage and you didn't like the meeting, you say, "Why is this meeting so awful to me?" (laughs) Out loud, but I I guess that normally wouldn't be the most uh, diplomatic thing to do if you like to keep your job. But uh,
1: no, that's more of a reflection that you should do by yourself. But I do recommend that you go test it. Once you come up with an answer, that you go test it with somebody who knows and cares about you.
0: Yeah. Well. uh, how do we uh, say we're offered a job? We uh, finally uh, bit the bullet and we quit the job we had. We got an offer of a new job. We think we, uh, you know, went through and did the kind of assessment we needed. And this job seems great. But uh, how would we know this is the ideal job for us? And what questions should you ask yourself when you're offered a new job? I, know I that, would. You
1: know, I would ask myself the following questions. What are the activities I'm going to be doing on a day-in and day-out basis?
0: Boy, that's so important, isn't it?
1: And are they going to play to my interests or not? Yeah. I'm going to ask, knowing what my key strengths are, is this job going to call upon use of them? Yeah. So am I going to get to use them on a regular basis? We're always going to have to do some things that are not in our sweet spot. Yeah. But if the if 75% of the time I am using my strengths, that's going to be a pretty good balance. A yeah, pretty that, good pretty good odds. And I would ask myself, is the environment going to be one that keeps me out of stress? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, this this calls to mind the perfect example where I messed up on all that. I had a great job as an operations analysis manager for a an insurance company for a regional office and I loved the job but then there was a reorganization and they wanted me to relocate so I took another job without really a, as an assistant corporate controller for a large consulting firm and I didn't mm-hmm. ask any of those questions and my strengths were like uh... Analysis of operations, strategic planning, operational analysis and control, and mm-hmm. I ended up in this job that was nothing but accounting, and I hated mm-hmm. every minute of it. And there wasn't uh, the things I was called on to do. I wasn't really qualified. I wasn't a CPA, and that wasn't my strength. And the uh, long and short of it, I, I ran out of things to contribute on the job after a few months and lost the the job at no great uh, sorrow to me. After about a year, and mm-hmm. went on and found. Mm-hmm job, but that was the perfect wrong way to do it. I, I basically did it because I didn't want to relocate. Move. And I, I was mad at my employer for reorganizing and uh, my former employer and uh, did all the wrong reasons and ended up miserable. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good example of how asking those questions might have caused you to make a slightly different decision.
0: That's for sure. Will you tell us that Mm -hmm. targeting that ideal position based upon personality may be easier than we think? I think I saw it on your uh, website. Tell us how to determine these factors and how others have used this information to find their dream job. I love that that story you gave of the salesperson that uh, transitioned into something totally different.
1: Would you like for me to tell it again?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that, that would be great.
1: This is, this is a, actually, it's a great story, and um, it's, it's in both of my books, uh, as a matter of fact, because it's such a great story. Um, Peter was in a sales role, and he and his wife wanted to move closer to uh, the, they were getting ready to, ha- to start a family, and they sure. wanted to move closer to their parents so that the grandparents would have a relationship uh, with yeah. the upcoming grandchildren. Yeah. And so he was using this transition as an opportunity to reexamine uh, what he wanted to do. And he worked through the process of identifying his interests, his strengths, and his needs. And he realized that the sales roles that he was in were not playing to his interests. His interests were more in were more in technical areas, and yeah. he really wanted to focus more on actually doing things than influencing people. For example,
0: yeah,
1: they weren't. It wasn't using his strengths because he tended to work better in team situations, and the oh. sales roles that he were was in were solo roles. Yeah. And it wasn't playing to his needs because he needed a more an environment that was more steady state in terms of use of time, and yeah. not the roller coaster of activity that was inherent in his sales role.
0: And also a roller so coaster it, of income if you're in a strict commission well, sales. job.
1: that's well, that's true too. That's yeah. that, that's actually true too. So anyway, he used that inventory, and then um, in one of my books, I've got I use. Uh, take the compilation of uh, inventory, and I can point you to specific jobs that you can begin to investigate because they are a good match for that inventory. And yeah. he did that, and he looked at some of the jobs, and he realized, you know, I would be much happier and probably more successful in um, a more technical operations role. Yeah. And so he, he found one in the area of their parents, and, um, and it, was, it was titled Project Manager and he actually got an interview with the hiring manager and he never told me exactly how he got that interview but yeah. but he went in and the first thing the hiring manager said to him was is why on earth are you interested in this role because you don't ha- you haven't done anything like this in your career
0: yeah, and that peter said question.
1: <laughs> yeah and peter said i've taken the time to look at what my interests, my strengths, and my needs are. And he talked through that in great detail. And he said, I think this job is the perfect match, and here's why. And he outlined all of the responsibilities and tied it back to every single one of his interests, strengths, and needs. And he said, I think it's going to be a perfect match, and here's why. And the hiring manager was so overwhelmed with that, he made him an offer right on the spot.
0: Yeah, I love the way that uh, that method actually that he used, that uh, your method that actually gave him the strength in the interview uh, to sell himself because mm-hmm. he knew exactly what uh, he wanted and what this, uh, obviously he researched the employer enough to know what the job re- requirements were and he made that sale, uh, that fit and uh, got the job. I love that story.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that story, too. <laughs>
0: Well, let's talk about the method you've developed in coaching a book, as you call it. Tell us about the Know Thyself method and the resultant book of you. I think you've sort of uh, covered it a bit in, in, in that Peter's example there, but uh, tell us how it works, really.
1: Well, the, the book is set up so that it's sort of like having a coach in a book. Yeah. And so I recommend that people go through the process with another individual, but they don't need to. I can I give them guidelines to do it on their own if, if they prefer. Um, but what the process is is that they go through is they take a little bit of information about themselves, and I call that the no step. And then they test it to make sure that um, it really does resonate with them and it's applicable for the situation. And then they take a small action step with it to actually oh. solidify it. And oh, the yeah. individual that they're working with is a good test case or a good coach in supporting yeah. them and testing it out and in taking a small action step. But if yeah. people don't want to work with a coach, I give you um, uh, all of the questions that I would ask you if I were your coach. So you can oh, essentially okay. do it on your own.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I, I um, share with them the information about their interests, their strengths, and their needs, and then we take them through a process of applying that to specific jobs and thinking about how they're going to do just what Peter did in terms of selling themselves in the interview.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about your book, uh, let your personality be your career guide and who is this book written for I, I think it's pretty clear
1: that book is written primarily for people that are either looking to get their first job or they're looking to change a job their mid-career and they're looking to change a job to be happier and more successful yeah, and so that'd what, be a
0: good gift for our uh, graduating seniors from college, then, as well as for ourselves.
1: Ex, ex, exactly. I am highly recommending that parents and grandparents think about this as a graduation gift for the for the graduate who may not know exactly what he or she's going to do. Um, so, um, and it it takes you through the exercises that I outlined, and actually some stories about how people have done that. So Peter's story is one of the stories yeah, in that book,
0: yeah, yeah. but
1: there are other stories as well around how people have taken just those factors and figured out what, um, what to do with it uh, at various stages of life. So I've got examples from career from uh, college students to mid-career professionals to even people that are going into their retirement years that still need to work and are looking at how they actually find the right vocational opportunities um, at that stage of their life as well.
0: I know that uh, in the book you also have an offer that for readers, that uh, people that purchase the book, like a 50% off coupon to then uh, go on and create the book of you. And if I wanted to create the book of you without uh, purchasing the, your uh, book, let the personality be your career guide, without purchasing that book, could I go directly to your uh, website, and uh, how, how would I go about creating that book of you? I know that uh, on an interview you had with Jack Campbell, Canfield. He held up this book that said "The Book of Jack Canfield," and I thought exactly,
1: that was cool, <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, you don't have to so, be famous, by the way. I guess like like he is to uh, to do it, but
1: uh, that's correct. That's correct. So you could get the Book of Roy, for example, by going to the website bookofyou.com. D O O K O F Y O U dot com just like it's spelled and right there you can get a book that's focused on finding a job if that's what's most important to you or yeah. you can find uh, get a book on improving the job that you're in and oh. these books are all personalized so they'll be yeah. all about you the content will be unique to you the um, advice and the steps that you can take as a result of that will be unique to you, and it will all be based off of the responses that you give to the personality assessment that you take yeah. at the beginning.
0: But I, th- I think a good strategy would be first by that, let your personality be your career guide, and then... Uh get that offer of 50% off doing the book of you after it seemed like. Correct.
1: And if you, more, if you need more help, you may find that um, you're, you've got everything you need um, just from let your personality be your career guide. But if you need more help and you need the personalized um, book to actually help jumpstart what are your interest, strengths, and needs, and what specific jobs should you look at as a result of that, then that's when you go to get a book of you. So very oh, good strategy.
0: Yeah. So that website they should go to then is what again?
1: Bookofyou.com, dot com. Okay. Or you can get my you can get let your personality be your career guide on Amazon.
0: Oh yeah, that, uh, no I found it there and it uh, has some very good write up uh reviews, customer reviews, so it must be a good book with uh and also, besides career, uh, I guess you can also use your know, know thyself method to revise and revitalize other aspects of our lives. Uh, you talked about relationships or uh, volunteer activities, other things you can use that for.
1: Right. Um, the book that I am working on right now, which will come out in 2017, is going to oh. focus specifically on significant relationships. Oh, and just like just like the book of you um, and the books on your career, which are completely personalized to the reader, yeah. these books on relationships will be completely customized to the reader as well. But they're going to look at two in, two or more individuals. And so the book will be customized to two people, so oh, and me and my significant I, other, for example.
0: I, I guess you do have to have two people for a relationship, so that makes sense. At least. <laughs> No, that's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, In conclusion, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that book. Uh, it's coming out later this year then, I guess, in 2017. Well,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so many yeah. of us at middle age are stuck in jobs and careers we just kind of fell into. Maybe it once was right for us, but it isn't uh, now, or maybe it never was. And what are the two factors that hold us back from trying something new? It's fear of the unknown, one, and two, lack of understanding regarding a job that's really right for us. Uh, You know, what our strengths are and what our personality is and what would uh, really make us feel good and stress-free. And if this describes you, I highly recommend you visit... Sarah Brown's website and preview her book and once you know what really suits you and why you are super qualified to do the job you love, your confidence will show through and you will be hired and believe me, it is possible to... perform a job that you love and have fun earning a living because i'm doing that every day and i i didn't for about 30 years but i do now and i promise and thank you so much sarah brown for returning and best of success and that website once again is book right
1: that's right Roy. it's been great let's make 2017 the best year ever
0: yeah, and let us know when that book of about relationships comes out, and maybe we can have you back to talk about that.
1: I certainly yeah. will.
0: Have a most happy new year, and thanks so much for returning. Thank you. Well, thanks again to Dr. Sarah Brown for her most insightful advice on the book of you. And how about making 2017 the year when you locate a job, modify your present job, or launch a new venture that truly fits your own personality and talents? And regardless of your age, don't be afraid to seek that transition, and it may be right where you are now, just redefining your uh, work more to your liking, uh, along with your boss, of course, And uh, because once you're working at something you love doing, you will succeed, I guarantee it. And now before I let you go, I want to call your attention to some really good news, especially for those of us in the upper end of middle age, say in our 50s or even our 60s. This is from an article that appeared in the November 29, 2016 Wall Street Journal. It said that most people are more easily distracted when they get older. You ask, what in the heck is the benefit of that? Well, here's the good news. Research is finding that greater distractibility... Or what scientists call decreased cognitive control sounds scary doesn 't it? but actually it 's good news because it 's often associated with greater creativity and problem solving. It also causes uh, it also can facilitate learning new information. This conclusion was from a review of more than one hundred studies. And it was in a November 2016 article by uh, Dr. Lynn Hasker, a psychology professor at the University of Toronto. And Dr. Hasker uh, concluded that there there are things that people learn faster and remember better when they are not exercising careful control over what they're doing. Younger adults are focused on their goal and they're missing all this other information and Dr. Hasher's research has focused on older adults between the ages of 60 and 75, and some of the studies she reviewed also found a decline in cognitive control in people in their 50s. And Older adults are experts at picking up information and using it in new situations to improve their performance. Dr. Hasher says, they're picking up all this information about the behavior of other people and who they are and what they're saying and doing, which contributes to wisdom. You know, we really don't know when something that is distracting in one context will become beneficial in another context. In certain situations, that irrelevant information can become useful, and if that's the case, then older adults are at an advantage relative to younger adults. How about that? And uh, another uh, researcher, Dr. Thompson Schill, did research that showed that when people exert less cognitive control, they become better at generating ideas. Using brain imaging, she found that when people try to come up with novel uses for a familiar object, such as a baseball bat, there is less blood flow to parts of the brain. And in uh, cognition and in cognitive control, instead the sensory areas of the brain become more engaged and take control. Similarly, when the frontal load is suppressed, using a non-invasive brain stimulation technique, people are more adept at coming up with new ways to use common objects, she says. And uh, the conclusion, it might be better to help older adults improve cognition by using their natural processing rather than trying to turn them into younger adults. And none of us want to be turned into something we're not, do we? So whether you're in your 50s, 60s, or even 70s, don't for a minute give up on... uh, the concept of your ability to contribute fresh new ideas because maybe you're better at that than uh, your juniors. And don't let anyone convince you that you are over the hill because this study certainly says that older folks in middle age are far from it. And all this research reinforces our contention that middle age, including the latter stages of middle age, can be your best age. And that's it for the program today. Tune in next week when our guests will talk about finding life's sweet spot amid the chaos of daily living. Sounds like a great show next week, and we'll see you then on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his middle age renewal training system by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com.